What's up, viewers and listeners? My name is Jay. I'm a registered nutritionist based here in Bristol, working with BJJ enthusiasts across the globe, helping jiu-jitsu practitioners perform to their best ability on the mat, whilst making sure they're not doing things stupid with their weight cuts. On today's episode, we had one of the Tackett brothers, Andrew. Andrew is the middle brother between William and Caleb, is a black belt under Rodrigo Cabral at Fight Factory in Austin, Texas. Last ADC Open, he didn't just win his category, but the absolute two, weighing in at around 82 kg. Andrew famously submitted Big Dan in the Who's Next reality show and tournament and coming third place overall. He has placed first in Hoagie Worlds twice, once at Purple and at Brown, and I'm sure a win at black belt will be on his hit list for future years. In this podcast, we covered some behind-the-scenes info at WNO and ADCC trials, some deep-life moments, opinions on training, working with experts, and much, much more. Thank you for tuning in. And of course, if you're not subscribed, please click that button and turn on post notifications for further content updates. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening. And let's get into episode 28. Oosh! <laughs> Right, people, just a quick one. Since we started this podcast and the social media pages over six months ago, we have not advertised once to say we are open for business. But Jay, surely you're just a podcast. Well, technically, no, we are a nutrition consultancy first, podcast and social media platform second. So with that being said, we are looking to work with some jujitsu people. Then if any of these apply to you, then we want to speak to you. Do you do jujitsu and breathe air? Then we want to work with you. No, it's not as bad as that, I promise. But are you someone who wants to improve their performance on the mat? Drop down a weight category without having to starve themselves or be concerned about being in the wrong category and fighting people twice your size, right? Maybe you want to go up a weight category but struggle to put on weight or you just simply want one of the best jiu-jitsu nutritionist in your corner. Not a bodybuilder, not some PT, right? And not some online coach who lost weight themselves. A real qualified nutritionist who understands the jiu-jitsu process, making sure you are doing everything you should be correctly. So if any of those applies, then here we are. We have already helped people from hobbyists to people doing their first competition, to IBJJF Worlds, to the biggest shows in Europe like Grapple Fest. So to get in touch, Go to our Instagram page or any other platforms you might follow us on. Drop us a message and we will book you in for a quick chat. Stop wasting time. Let's make you into that gorilla you always wanted to be. Right, now you can enjoy the next episode. Oose. Right, guys, welcome to the BJJ Nutrition Podcast. Uh, we're on episode 27. Um, my name is Jay. I host the BJJ Nutrition Podcast and also the BJJ Nutrition Consultancy. I'm joined here by today with the infamous... Let's go. Yes. Introduce yourself, fella. Who are you? Um, my name is Andrew Tackett. I'm from Texas in America. I train our Brazilian Fight Factory. I'm a level black sponsored athlete. I've been competing this year as a black belt. Um, and I'm on the amazing podcast. Let's yes. go. Guys, obviously, uh, we've kept this one a little bit hush-hush. Obviously, we've been trying to, we've been, uh, well, probably harassing you with too many messages to see if you can be available. But as we're here, obviously, for the Grapple Fest show where your brother's obviously competing. I know yeah. you're, well, all your brothers, and you were supposed to be I competing. I was supposed to, yeah. Um, which is a shame, obviously, because again, your opponent, fantastic guy. You haven't ever fought Ellis before, have no, you? No, never fought Ellis. I uh, was watching a little bit on him before I had to pull out. And I was like, dang, this could be a sick fight. I was like, this would be so amazing, but yeah. It's both very sort of similar styles as well in terms of it. And it was just like, again, I'm sure obviously we, we all talk about it as like fight fans and like people is that sometimes you get these people who say to you like, who do you want to win? And I'm like, I just want to watch the chaos unfold. I, <laughs> I, just, don't, I, I don't really care. Like, I just, the fans will win, you know? Yeah, <laughs> which is cool. So um, again, thanks obviously for coming on here for me. Yeah, what I would suggest then uh, for some of the viewers and listeners, as we know, there's lots of awesome jujitsu guys out there. Where did it all start? Where did it all begin? Um, and yeah, how did you get into jujitsu to begin with? Let's start with that, if you don't mind. Yeah, so I mean, um, when I was younger, uh, I was always interested, like when I'm talking younger, like three, four years old, I was always interested in like fighting sports, Bruce Lee movies, cool. like Bruce Lee, like I Have the Dragon, like those movies, like I always loved them. And, you know, Rocky movies. And my dad was like, hey, you know, Andrew, let's get you in like a fighting sport. Because at the time I was like playing soccer. My brother's, 
my brother and my older sister were like dancing. Yeah. And so my dad's like, let's get you in a fighting sport. <laughs> I said, let's not be dancers. So uh, he got us in jiu-jitsu. We originally went there and it was a judo gym and they did jiu-jitsu wow. on the side and it was also a wrestling gym. And wow. it was at a gymnastics place. So it was like, we called it the Red Barn. It was like 10 things in one. And you know, started training there till I was about like 12. We moved, um, trained there till I was like 14. Then we went to Fight Factory with Rodrigo. And there's been like, you know, uh, blowing up since as far as like realizing that I can do this as a career. And so, yeah, it's been quite cool. Did it alongside my dad and my brothers my whole life. Yeah. So it's been a great way to keep us close. It's been sick. It's really cool, especially as like, I don't know, infamous jujitsu families. Like, yeah. uh, well, okay, not ignoring like the Roderick, the Gracies and that the, sort of stuff. But the like, the yeah. Hoffa Mendez, Guy Mendez, yeah. Rotolo brothers, you know, all the Gracies. Exactly. There's so many people that are just families that come up together. How cool is that to know that you're going to be one of those known families as well? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, doing the best I can to make that happen, you know? Oh man, like, Leave the legacy of the Tackett name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, what was it? Was it someone else? Was it, did it Will? Was it Will and the Rotolos? Was having a match? Was it having a brother match? I think I saw yeah. something. Yeah, that, so, um, yeah, so one championship. Yeah. Um, they, they found one championship, and we had a guy. Um, he basically, to, to try and create some, uh, not drama, but try and create some stir up and like try to get us fighting, um, which is what people are supposed to do. Yeah. He's like, hey, let's get Tolls versus the Tackets. And I was like, yeah. I was <laughs> like, we've, we've always wanted that. Um, yeah. And they wanted that. It'd just be like sick, a sick uh, you know, clash. Um, and so, yeah, that's definitely something that'd be cool in the future, you know? hundred percent. It reminds me of like a little bit, how can I put it? I know everyone's shit, like looked down upon the UFC being taken over by the owners of like WWE and that type of stuff. But yeah. that entertainment aspect, I think if you want the sport to do well, and, and like, this is no disrespect to so, like judo, for example, judo could be so much more food further as a international sport. If it had that little bit of like edge towards it, if that makes sense, that entertainment factor mm -hmm. and like having those like brotherly battles, you know what I mean? Like the Rotolo versus yeah. the Tackets. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, uh, it's honestly, it's, it's essential for a company to bring the entertainment side of it like that in order for it to be successful is the entertainment is going to elevate the sport and it's gonna help the athletes one way or another. It's gonna have the pain, all of that. So exactly. I think as for an athlete, I'm pushing towards the entertainment side of jiu-jitsu, uh, really because I know that's going to help me out and all of the other athletes out. Massively. It's one of those things which I think, I know it gets frowned upon a little bit by others. And it's like the purest, I think I was like, oh no, we shouldn't be doing this. But I, I try and replicate other sports, look at other sports, for example, let's just take, I don't know, NFL, right? Yeah. You could have two cracking teams and no one score, yeah. right? And it would be like, oh, it's the worst match ever, type of thing. Yeah. But there still, they'll still will be like the home rivalry that will make that entertaining. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, it still needs to be there for the sport to grow. And that's it's it. well said. Very well said. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there, there's different audiences. Um, I'm all of them. I'm a nerd, you know, as far as you know, as much as some people are like my brother, William, he studies way more than me, but um, watching the technical side of jiu-jitsu is great. Just watching the, uh, you know, the super tight, not really moving much like technical battles, like inch by inch, like it's really a masterpiece to see. Um, but then it's also great just to see some people like hitting each other's foreheads and, you know, jumping on each other, so. Exactly, just making it a bit more fun, a bit more enjoyable and just yeah. more like, Carefree. I think we all are aware that in jiu-jitsu you don't need to have that precious O, yeah. right? I know Craig Jones has kind of joked that uh, Gordon will top himself once he loses his next match type thing, <laughs> right? Um, but at the same time, I think there's an element to it of like, just go out there and try. Like, what's, yeah. the, what's the worst that's going to happen? And I think I, that, that can be said across all spectrums of like your jiu-jitsu yeah. like, level, from a yeah. white belt all the way to like yeah. the pro status. You know I, mean, I mean, as long as you go out there trying and you go out there with like a humble attitude, or not so much humble, but you go out there with like confidence and humility with that confidence, um, you know, people always love you. Like everyone that's fought Gordon and lost, like people don't like hate them. Like they're, they're not like, they're like, oh, kudos to you for trying, you know, at least. Like if people that run from Gordon, then people start to hate them. They're like, oh, you're running from him. It's one person I bumped into the last grapple first, J Jacob Couch. Yeah. Obviously when he took Gordon on really short notice type of thing. Yeah. And, like again, massive size disparity, all that type of stuff. And I think at the time Jacob was still only a brown. Yeah, it, that was like a, what, two years ago or yeah. a year and a half ago. Exactly. Yeah. And so even then he wasn't at the like 
peak of his career. No, obviously, he did fantastically well at trials. Yeah, you know he did. What I mean? So, yeah. yeah, again, it's, as you said, it's uh, all those things where yeah. you go out there. Jacob's a really cool guy, man. I have a lot to say about him. I love him, you know. Yeah. It's cool to see the ups and downs of his career, and he's just, like, loving it to see that he's on the up now, you know. Yeah. It's so cool to see that. It's good, especially, obviously, as, like, as uh, fans and supporters of it all. It's just good to see all you guys just sort of going through the peaks and troughs and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Um, well, interesting question. Obviously, working through the jiu-jitsu spectrum, you're at the top end of the black belt level, which is obviously... I say middle. I'm middle. <laughs> There's yeah. obviously levels to it. Was there any, any moments within that jiu-jitsu career that you may have got sidetracked or maybe yeah. wouldn't have gone this like journey Many type times. of thing? Yeah. Many a times, yeah. I mean, I, I'm 20 years old. I uh, was in my... T- I'm still, I still get distracted, you know, but you know, a lot of things would distract me, like you know, just a bunch of things, you know. Girls, yeah. money, yeah. like possessions, like all that. Like I'd want it. Um, and so, yeah, it really like, you know, caught my mind. And then jiu-jitsu had kind of been on the back step. And then I'd be focusing more on other things than I would, you know, improving in jiu-jitsu. And so then, yeah, would, my career would take a little bit of a slouch. And I wouldn't be performing the best I could be. And, yeah, I feel like, you know, recently, you know, this past year, or, you know, not even the whole year that I've really, like, had a mindset of just, like, I want to be the best. I want to be the best, and everything else can you know, kind of can wait. Um, obviously, that I'm injured now, um, you know, th- like being the best is taking a back step for a little bit, and it's just like recover so mm. that I can be the best that I can be. Because obviously, I can't be the best in the shape that I'm in now, but get back into that shape so I can be. You know. No, that's cool. And what, what kind of brought you back to jujitsu with those distractions, if you don't know what I mean? So um, they would have been there. Or, yeah. I mean, obviously, you got the support of your brothers and your yeah. family, and yeah. I don't know, do you guys bounce off each other? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, being a brother to brother in jiu-jitsu, we've had a lot of, like, conflicts with each other. Like, we're really close, and that what has, makes us have conflicts. So William will say something to me, and that will hurt more than anyone else saying something. So that will bring me back, you know, because there's so much not, like, pride, but so much, like, wanting to beat him and wanting to, like, be better than William and um, him being the older brother. So when he says something, like, impacts me so much. Mm. So if I'm, like, slouching, he'll be like, what are you doing, Andrew? And I'll just be like, oh, I'll be like, oh, you're so right. Yeah, but, but, deep. Yeah, but no, what, what would like always bring me back from like when I would take my side quest is mainly just having a good family to push me and uplift me. And then just having like a good, um, like a belief system, just like, you know, yeah. always finding my way back to church and just like focusing on what's important. And then using those things to motivate me back to jujitsu like back to the core source of what I'm wanting to do. That's interesting. I think in the UK, especially when it comes to faith and stuff, obviously we're very multicultural. We've got yeah. everything going on Yeah, here. I've talked to a lot of gents about it. It's really cool. It's interesting. And it's the fact that I think a lot of people wouldn't... Uh, I don't think they would re- rely as much... I think from the UK, they wouldn't rely on their faith as much to get them back into it. And it's the focus of sort of like... Again, trying to better themselves and trying to focus on that, but obviously having that ability myself, my best man lives in um, Fort Worth, Dallas. Yeah, so yeah. he's told me about obviously some you see some of the mega churches and stuff like yeah, that. Big churches, like, yeah. Jesus, this is <laughs> mental. Like, it's like four thousand people <laughs> consider yeah. it, yeah. And he's like, Oh, you're part of that community and, I, and I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. They all look after each other and they all want everyone to do well and prosper yeah. type thing. And obviously I don't think we have anything close to that. Yeah, well, I don't think, you know, across the world it doesn't matter what you believe, mm. it's as long as you are willing to stand for it and but not you know obviously push on people but you're willing to stand for it and when you fall lean on it lean on those beliefs and that's what you know uh going to church has done for me a lot when i like fall i can lean on like good people Mm. and like good morals and then that will build me back up to where i'm ready to better myself and use it to again because if my head's not straight and my mind's not straight it's really hard to better myself in jiu-jitsu because I'm worried about so many other things yeah. other than improve, you know? So so out of the competing career, obviously you, you probably got out of there pretty early on and got yourself... It, it, Six right years the, old, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> did we have... Was it always wins, wins, wins and that's all you ever did or did you have any losses or any yeah. loss streaks at yeah. all? Yeah, no, I had some battles with some kids, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, competing since six years old, first off, people say your prime's in your 30. If I started competing at 20, my prime would be in my 30. Um, you know, I think, I think, you know, people are like, oh, wait until you're like 40 years old. It's like, I have as much mileage as some like 40 year olds do as far as like training and competing. Like, I'm beat up, man. <laughs> I'm 20. No, I'm kidding. I feel great. Um, but, you know, my, uh, yeah, has been competing super long for a long time. Countless competitions. 
Um, you know, in the beginning of my career, I would win, 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 and I'd lose, and I'd win, 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 win. Is in Texas, you know, jiu-jitsu is so small, and so I only had like f five kids that I'd compete against, like in every. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like still know their names. Not a lot of them, pretty much none of them compete anymore. Except destroyed them. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> you destroyed them. They, I would, yeah, no, they, they would beat me too. Like okay. this one kid, like Freddie, he's a wrestler now. This one kid, Joshua, he's a uh, um, he, he he doesn't do jiu-jitsu anymore. He's doing his own thing in college. You know, we have uh, this one kid from Rice Bros. Uh, yeah, forget his Mario. He he beat me at Pans twice, kids Pans, and then I used to fight against the Rotolo brothers. So they've come up too. So uh, yeah, I had a lot of people, and then a kid that I used to fight actually fought Cody. Cody suplexed him at trial. Was the same guy. That was the kid that Cody oh, no suplexed. Way. I was like, dang, I remember you. His name is John Abney. So like, all these kids I fought with as a kid, like, I've got to see them take different career paths, and from six years old, I've got to see them take different career paths or some of them stick with Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. So it's like, it's super cool to see like where I've come from and what I could have done and like, you know, where I could have gone. So that was really sick to be able to see all that. I just got that image that you mentioned about the guy you knew that Cody obviously suplexed. It's, uh, it's the Leonardo DiCaprio meme from, um, Oh, what's it called? Wolf of Wall Street, where he sat on the sofa and he starts pointing at it like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I know that guy. <laughs> that's me, that's me, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I know that guy. What's that going on? Yeah. Oh, no, I saw, God. I was like, you're fighting that guy, Cody? I was like, I was like, he's a good wrestler. I was like, he's, he's a scrapper. And Cody just suplexed him. I was like, oh, poor kid. I was like, I, honestly, that, that little moment, oh, well, I have a bit of an ongoing joke that a lot of the ADCC trials, uh, especially in America, they just want, um, well, I'm sure, have you been to any pubs around here yet at all? Or the carpet, if you look at the carpet, right? That's what the, uh, the venue at ADC yeah, trials looks yeah, like. It's, it's really like, cement carpet. Yeah, and it's the case where I said yeah. that all the highlight videos are just two guys rolling yeah. around on the carpet. I, I, I want puzzle mats. <laughs> yeah. I want there to be puzzle mats off the, off yeah. the mats. Yeah, I, I really want to push for that. Because I love off the mat action. Yeah. Because then it doesn't, you know, I, there's nothing I hate more than if I'm in like a Worlds or a Pans and I shoot a double A, and then I take the guy down out of bounds, and then we walk back in, and I get an advantage. Yeah. And then I shoot, and then he's just playing the outside and circling yeah. towards the outside, and I'm tracking him. Like in the UFC, if you track them, they meet a cage. Yeah. And then now you're just battering them. So like, I hate that someone can just play the outside, and you just follow them the whole round, and finally you, you know, they're running from you-ish, and then you kind of just finally engage, and then they just run out of bounds. Yeah. So I love the fact of ADCC that it keeps going out of bounds until a, a position, yeah. but I wish there was like puzzle mats because I don't want to hit my head on the, the cement. <laughs> or a chair or something or like something, that. Something, yeah. Yeah, because I've gone out of bounds before and it's rough. Like I had like knee burns super bad from the carpet and like elbow burns yeah. and like the sweat was burning. I was like, this sucks. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was really surprised and taken back by the fact that there wasn't much like, comp like people to compete with in Texas. Uh, like being the biggest state out there, yeah. obviously to Alaska basically. Yeah. And not having that, I would have thought it'd been fueled for a step. But I appreciate, obviously, probably there's probably more in California than there is there. But that just surprised me. So, with that competing career at a young age, what point did you feel that hey, I can now take this a little bit more, not say seriously, so yeah. you would have done it I, the best, but I had that switch. Um, I would say I always knew I wanted to do it. Um, my parents always pushed me to go towards competition. My mom wanted me to go to college and pursue uh, a more of a, a jiu-jitsu, but pursue, pursue more of a business side of jiu-jitsu. Okay. Um, my dad wanted me to, to pursue whatever I wanted, so my parents were always supportive of jiu-jitsu. Um, and then around like 14, I said, when, was when I was like, oh man, I'm doing this for my life, you know. Um, I was like a blue belt. I won like, you know, uh, I believe it was Juvenile Worlds um, in the Gi. And I was like, and then that year I won um, no gi worlds and I was like oh man I can do this and so and <laughs> then I serious. and then I was like tapping black belts at like tournaments and stuff and yeah. I was like dang okay I was like okay and so then I started like focusing a little bit more on like pursuing my career if you don't me asking with your parents and stuff being quite supportive of it if yeah. Will hadn't taken the same sort of route as you yeah do you think they would have been a bit more hesitant on not pushing you down the academia for sure like route yeah yeah for or? sure I mean um, William definitely, so William blew up when I was a blue belt. He blew up a, a little bit and then he got injured really bad and kind of took a step back and now he's kind of blowing up again. Um, so yeah, he got injured really bad. So it, it knocked him out for like almost like, you know, two years. Like mm. he got hurt and then he came to the ADCC's hurt, got hurt again in the ADCC's. Yeah. Um, 
Like that whole year was terrible for William, but he's coming back healthy. Yeah. But yeah, William kind of boosted that for me and gave me like a path. You know, thank, he's an older brother. I thank him for that. Mentally all the time, I never do it physically because I don't want to make him too cocky. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, if William didn't, if William didn't prove that, you know, we could do it, then yeah, I'm sure my parents would have been a little less supportive in that sense. But they were like, oh, shoot, you know, you guys can for sure do it. But I, I can't really take it away from them because my parents are so cool. They probably would believe in me in anything that I did, yeah, you good. know. Um, so, yeah, it's really cool having parents like that. And I, I hopefully one day I get to be a parent like that to my kids yeah, far down the line. <laughs> but yeah. Cool, man. I think it's interesting because there's a lot of, as we all know, there isn't loads of money in jiu-jitsu. No. Right? You have to yeah. do like a lot of extra things obviously outside that to try and make that more supportive of your lifestyle type of thing. And I think yeah. there's a lot of young young guys and girls who want to make that their living and think it's like the be all and end all type of stuff. And obviously, yeah. again, it's trying to find that mechanism and having, I think there's quite a few fantastic athletes even outside of jiu-jitsu who didn't yeah. have that supportive network and yeah. had to really persist on I mean, it you know what i mean i mean i'm so fortunate to live in america um to have the opportunities that you know flow grappling and other companies push for in america the coverage is just so good out there um every time i've traveled out of country to like mexico japan or he, even here in uk i see that some athletes are just fantastic like i roll with them and see them roll i'm like bro you're like freaking amazing and they're like yeah i just don't really get to show that you know because they don't have the they don't have the the social media platforms pushing them you know and that's one thing William and I always had opportunity to yeah. was that so I'm very thankful to also have that in my life because that helped a lot uh, it's, it, it's kind of two sides of the coin right because there's social media platforms there's about a good eight to ten platforms all for free that you can push yourself on Right. Yeah. So it's taking advantage of it. Cause I, I'm sure you've come across athletes before who don't utilize it yeah. and begrudge it and just think, why should I even bother with this? Yeah. And yeah. also they're more in the same breath complain about how, why do I not get these opportunities? Yeah. And it's like gone are the days that, I don't know, Dana White or I don't know, Mo goes hunting through, I don't know, the favelas of Brazil to find this mysterious jujitsu yeah. person. Do yeah. you know what I mean? They, yeah. They're going to pick it up from what they see on social yeah, media. I mean, <laughs> for an example, I mean, uh, Baby Shark, yep. Fabricio Andre. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was seeing them compete at like worlds and stuff when they were like green belts, when they were like blue belts, but no one knew them. Yeah, and it wasn't until uh, like uh, I don't know who exactly it was, but maybe Ricardo or Hollywood Mike or one of them. They went out there and they were just like bringing them in to compete in America, mm. and then they exploded, and then they won trials, and then they were in the ACCs. And then Diogo won ADCCs, and it's just like so many people have that opportunity to be the best. They just really need to believe in themselves and push and go and compete with the best in America, because um, America, you know, has the big shows or get yeah. on Grapple Fest or Polars or these big tournaments in the UK. Um, so yeah, I mean, I had people believing in me, and I believed in myself. So that really no, is what helps. helps me elevate. No, that's good. Uh, obviously, being BJJ nutrition, we're going to talk a little bit about yeah. uh, a bit, a bit about diet and stuff like Eating this. Eating donuts so, and cake every night, you know, yeah, it's your soul. <laughs> gets you, gets all the games. Um, obviously, the one question that I say to everyone is that we're in a sport where we have to make weight, yeah. right? And my biggest argument is being a registered nutritionist. I know you've used other nutritionists and dietitians before, yeah. which is fantastic to see. That uh, it's a very big statement we've been we've sort of held on the show is that you don't know what you don't know type yeah, thing. Yeah, no, exactly. And the idea being is that hey, I'd come for your advice on armbar escapes because obviously if your expertise in doing that, that, you know what you're and doing. You know what you're doing with nutrition. Exactly. Oh, I like to think so at least. <laughs> um, and so the idea being is that when it comes to understanding how to move your weight up and down you obviously competing from a young age yeah what was the ethos was the was the push from the gym was it from the parents to compete at a certain weight and what where do they want you to be with your weight have you always yeah. gone under have you yeah always never cut never cut yeah my okay, parents no. never wanted me to cut and my professors always never wanted me to cut because they knew that i was gonna be doing it for a very long time and i was gonna have a long career and so they didn't want me stunting my growth at okay. a young age, so they were just compete at the weight you're walking around at nice. and get as big as possible. Um, my first major cut was for a fight to win. I did like 10 pounds, and then that was like my first cut. And then my second cut was for, um, uh, it was for, 
of worlds. I did like 12 pounds. And then after that, then I cut for ADCC trials. I cut 30 something pounds. Okay. And then I'm, I said to myself, I'm not cutting again until I get about 24, 25 or like 23, like right in there. Um, just because I want to get bigger. I feel I have the perfect length and body type for 77. So I want to get to about 83 kilograms, 84 kilograms. Yeah and cut from there to 77. Nice. Um, and I'm not there yet. I walk around like 79 kilograms. Okay. Um, so, so got and, a little time to grow. Yeah, got, yeah. Got, a, got some, and I want, and you know, apart from taking stuff to get big, um, you know, it's, it's quite hard to gain weight sometimes, um, you know, uh, like chicken, rice, you know, like <laughs> yes. all the supplements you can get, yeah. um, you know, just like it, 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 you can gain weight actually pretty easily if you just stick to a very good regimen. It's being consistent. Yeah. And it's the same. Consistency is king. King, yeah. Honestly, with everything in life. And, that, and I try and say this so that you want to be good at, I don't know, let's say uh, graphic design, right? Yeah. You start drawing. Yeah. yeah. Draw really consistently and keep doing it until you get like you've got it all coming out your ears and eyes and this type of yeah. stuff and you'll be good at it by yeah. the end of it. So, yeah, like, I mean, I brought creatine out here. Because <laughs> I was, I'm creatine loading, yeah. and so I was like, man, I don't want to go to the UK and stop creatine for two weeks because I have to be on it, you know, for three, two, three months, and then get yeah. off. And so it's like, I'll just bring it out here and just keep taking yeah, it. You know, exactly. I, I, do you know what my biggest thing I say to any of our clients that we got traveling? I'm like. Take it in the packaging, right? Yeah. Don't take clear plastic bags yeah, full of white powder, right? <laughs> it's, it's never gonna it go like, well. It looks like, it don't look right. No, it doesn't. The, the TCA is like, <laughs> can we test that real quick? <laughs> you miss your flight. Yeah, exactly. Even if you tell them that it's creatine or anything like this, they're still gonna look at you like, yeah, no, I'm not buying it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's one of those little things with that. But I, it's interesting to see that from a young age, it's always the case of walk around weight, which is fine, and I think, just for our viewers and listeners, just to understand that when you're saying that you're cutting from X to B, A to B type of thing, that's not just on the week of the fight, I presume. No, right? that's like, like four weeks out, five yeah, weeks out. You're working towards it type of thing and yeah, stuff like this. Yeah, you're getting comfortable training at that weight. Yeah, and I think the big thing is unfortunately where we get crossover from other sports, obviously martial arts as a whole, jiu-jitsu is part of that, that statement, right? And we get day before weighing procedures where people can do they're like, oh, I just won't eat that whole day and the day before and just not drink water yep. and cut salt. It's like, that's, you're going to be lethargic yeah, when you fight. <laughs> exactly. And the problem being is that we pick information from people from other sports because unfortunately from a research, research standpoint, I've spoken to other nutritionists about this, Yeah, we don't have a pool of like 100 jiu-jitsu athletes who want to be happily tested to see how yeah. rehydration works, yeah. right? Because What their levels are. Yeah, we, we can't do it. So we have to pick it up from other sports which kind of do it in some aspects of it, being like yeah. judo, being like wrestling, yeah. being that, whatever it could be, and then use that information as a, as a, as a point of like reference to kind of say, yeah. well, these guys kind of do it. And well, again, big up to Lindsay. She's, a, a, she's known as the female fight nutritionist. She's based in Ireland. And her argument is that there's no studies done on women. And that's even more complicated with their hormonal yeah. profile. Yeah. And it's like, well, this water, water loading works for men, but what about women? And I'm yeah. like, I feel sorry for her because there is yeah. nothing out there. Yeah, um, I mean, the people that do the best job cutting is like bodybuilders, but they don't have to perform. They just have to no, flex. they have to flex. It's exactly. like, we don't want to look good. We want to perform good. Exactly. And there's not a lot of people that, uh, you know, do that. No. You know, wrestling, I, wrestling is like probably the, that biggest sport that does it raw. And they're yeah. just like... Get into it. Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do you know, the interesting thing is that I've done some other um, other sports, which are very close. Uh, obviously, have weight cutting procedure, and the yeah. weirdest ones this day, obviously. And I was like, wow, this is actually quite similar to wrestling because they they compete every weekend, yeah. and it is tug of war. Yeah. Professional tug of war. They weigh in as a team, right? Yeah. And there's like an ultimate. I don't know. Let's just say it's like. Uh, 500 kilograms, right? You yeah. got, you got, I don't know, eight people in the team. Yeah. It, all, it makes no difference what, who's that, and they all cut weight the day before, and they compete every single weekend. Yeah. And I said, guys, like with some of them, what they're doing is yeah. like 10% of their body weight yeah. week in week out. I'm like, you are just killing yourselves. You're gonna get injured. You're, 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 everything, your tendons and stuff is dehydrated. They're gonna snap. Yeah, it's gonna snap. <laughs> you're not gonna perform well, which is yeah. really frustrating. But um, 
when obviously you, you had that structure obviously by the fact that you would do it x amount of weeks out which is a really big tick yeah. everything where did you source that guidance and that information to begin with is that your own research yeah, is that Co what will had will Co have done or cody gave it to me cody gave, oh, nice. gave me a nutritionist nice um he, he's one of the nutritionists for a couple of ufc fighters Wicked. and he just wrote me a plan and uh i didn't follow the plan exactly because i was you guys know yeah <laughs> none of the clients ever do mate so yeah, it's yeah. fine you know, there's yeah, nothing yeah. new there yeah yeah um but I um yeah I cut the weight and did like a like a four pound water cut yeah, yeah. which wasn't too much no. um, because I know people are like they're like two hundred twenty five pounds like ninety kilograms and they're like okay I'm gonna do a ten pound water cut you can do that you're huge but it's like me if I was cutting to one forty five I couldn't do a ten pound water cut it's like you have to do a percentage of your body it's it's a statement statement I say to people is that you need something in you to be able to take it away yeah right and so. If we take advantage of uh, fiber loading, uh, carbohydrate loading, water yeah. loading, and yeah. all, I can't do those loading phases if yeah. there's nothing in there in the first yeah. place. And so it's another big step. Fiber loading sucks. <laughs> I hate the fiber. And then cutting the fiber, it's just like, I can't go to the restroom. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a struggle when people say to me like, oh, I can't go to the toilet. I'm like, just, just hold on, just, just hold on. Just take a shot of caffeine. <laughs> yeah, take a shot of caffeine. Hold on, it's only a couple more days, you'll be fine. Type thing. <laughs> yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but again, you need to be able to, you need to look, before you can cut these things out, they need to be in you in the first place. Yeah. And that's what I try and explain to people because yeah. I, I get inquiries, it will be like, the week of a fight, right? Can we cut all this out? I'm like, well, what have you been eating before? And I'm like, regular. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. Like, this yeah. is, I'll, I'll do like my your best. Your body doesn't have enough. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you cut, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like we were talking about water lo lo loading earlier. It's like, oh, I drank like three liters today, and then I'm gonna cut from that. It's like, it's like you should for like three days. You should be drinking like so much where so you're peeing like every like every, ten yeah. minutes, and then and then you go down from there. So your body's like, oh, he's giving us water no he's not exactly. oh, but we're going to keep yeah. suspending it it's yeah. like if you never gave it in the first place it doesn't know to cut it so yeah i do laugh at some of the uh, younger jiu-jitsu guys that ask about water loading i've helped them at my local club and they're like i'm peeing all the time what's going on here i'm like oh bless you you have no idea this is, this is normal <laughs> like yeah, no, i'll be teaching kids class and i'll just be like hold on <laughs> <laughs> I, need to go again. Like, I gotta go again yeah <laughs> yeah um so that's good so you actually what what started that conversation between you and Cody? Did Cody just like, yeah? Cody was cutting for a fight, so he was like, well. "Hey, I got a nutritionist." Oh wow! And so he was like, um, "And so I reached out to her, and she was a bit busy, so she gave me a someone. So mm. She gave me a friend, and so I used him, and yeah." That's really lucky. Like, not to say it's lucky in the sense of that, but it's this bound like barrier to entry, which yeah. I find some people. Especially, and I'll be open about it. I get, I get some pushback from some coaches in MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, whatever it could be. Yeah. Who feel like I'm stepping on their turf, if that makes sense, and they're on their toes because I'm trying to help them, if that makes sense. All their yeah. Fighters. I mean, you should be there to get helped. To get helped, and so the idea being is that it's quite interesting to see that you got well reached out to the right people at the right time, and obviously that would have contributed to the results that you've oh, got so for far, sure, yeah. which is really good, and so. The hard thing for me sometimes is trying to say, look, I'm not here to belittle you. I'm not here to lower your like your your worth in the yeah. slightest bit. It's to take a stress away from you, yeah. right? You don't have to worry about what your fighters are weighing in now. Like, yeah. We're here just to support you. Yeah. And if there's anything that I'm saying that you don't agree with, then just communicate. A quick word about one of our sponsors, Grappler's Soap. The team wanted to find, right, the best possible defense against skin infections, which normally we get from each other or off the mass. This in turn led Dan and the team into researching more about soaps and essential oils, which turns out has been used for thousands of years, actually, as a natural defense against infection during the plague. Slight twisted story here, but grave robbers in England knew of the power of essential oils and smothered themselves in it before exhuming and stealing corpses. Useless fact of the day for you there. But Dan and the team had tried several soaps before, but none of them just simply wowed them. So he started to make his own. Months more research, trial and error, led to finally this golden nugget, grappler soap, which you'll be pleased to know the recipe is CPR registered and approved by pharmacists. The use of a specific method to lock in the amazing natural smell, no cheap fragrances used here, which means the soap and use smell great and stand the best chance of staying healthy. Although the 
soap was developed for grapplers alike it is now widely being used by non-grapplers and dan is always like delighted to hear from customers about how it's cleared up dry and itchy skin or relieved eczema or just simply made you feel f awesome the smell alone has been a massive hit with men and women alike so enough waffle for now go and get yourself some now at www.mrbassett.com or go check out their instagram page for some very funny memes at grapplers so thank you guys yeah well i think as a fighter you should be purely focused on fighting yeah. like you your mind shouldn't be because man you should save zero you should have zero stress you should have a zero adrenaline dump you should have zero uh, energy suspension leading up to the fight. And if you're worried about this, 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 and this, it's like, that's gonna take away from your performance. You should have people that are doing that for you so that you don't have to worry and you can trust in them. And then so that all you're worried about is smashing. And you know, that's how I like to think of it um, because I've done it a lot of times where I was like cutting or I was like, didn't know. And I was just like winging it and I was so stressed out and it just zapped me. It just killed my energy. And then I fought and I just didn't feel a hundred, you know, instead of just being like, my, you know, the weight's going good. You know, I'm doing what they're doing, got me on. It's, you know, I feel great. I'm not worrying. And yeah. you just, it makes it happen, you know? It's interesting you say that you get other people to try and help you. And that, that also translates to like businesses as well, yeah. right? You've got the guy who's the one man band trying to do everything, his own yeah. marketing, his own uh, building work, his own, whatever it could be. And yeah. it's kind of having that conversation of saying, look, we're not discrediting you go and get some help from other people. Go and get yourself a personal assistant. Yeah. Yeah, go and get yourself a marketing specialist. Yeah. And you'll then find that the majority of the time that business is done correctly, they're gonna scale and they're gonna yeah. become huge and massive and do yeah. really, really well. And you take that as in terms of like an athlete point of view, right? You could then reach out to an SNC specialist, which you may already have. I don't know. Do you yeah. have an SNC guy at all, or a girl, a strength and conditioning specialist? At no, all? sir. No. no, I just I reach out to people on Instagram. There, there get, we go. And they give me advice. <laughs> so again, I free. I get free advice. <laughs> it's like, hey, what should I do for this? Like, I'll send you some YouTube videos. Oh, and I'm good. like sick. <laughs> you know, it's definitely something I'm looking into. But again, you've gone and expanded that to try and yeah. help with it, and it may be the sense, obviously, with uh, the business you're involved, obviously, level black and that type of stuff. In that yeah. sense, it's like they're not just a one-man band just trying no. to do everything themselves. No, they, they <laughs> invest in their athletes, yeah. um, and their athletes invest in them, and then they bring up the company together. Exactly. It's like I love level black clothes, um, and I love what they've done for me, and I'm sure they appreciate what I do for them. And you know, and if it was just them in the beginning, they would be nowhere. Yeah. And if it was just me, we still would be nowhere. You need so many different athletes representing it for yeah. it to come up. Exactly. No, it's, it's interesting to see that. Um, so with that young experience type of thing, that's really obviously good to hear from there. Was, was there any sort of bad experiences with sort of diet and stuff? Obviously, have you always, you've always fought around walk around weight and obviously you've cut yeah. weight sometimes. Yeah. Have you ever picked the wrong weight category? Oh, there? yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I've fought too much up in weight. Um, because I was like bulking and okay. I was like, oh, I'll just fight at my bulking weight rather than just leaning down a bit. And that was always a mistake because the guys were way bigger cutting to my weight, the weight <laughs> that I was bulking up at. And yeah, that was never a good experience. So, I mean, I at least always cut a little bit. You know, I always cut like, you know, I said walk around weight. I would always like cut sugars and cut, you know, fats and cut fibers and just like lean down as much as possible and keep that protein and keep my muscles strong and hydrated. And then, you know, like four pounds, five pounds and just like, you know, get shredded and lean. So I'm like, you know, fast and accurate, mm. but that's like, I don't consider that cutting. I just consider that leaning. Um, so I'd always like lean down. Um, but yeah, worst decisions was fighting at my bulking weight. And that was, <laughs> that was not good. <laughs> hard day in the office probably, yeah, being like smashed inside control all of a sudden going out. Yeah, <laughs> just like, I thought it was strong. <laughs> I felt strong. It's all good. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, one topic I want to kind of bring up because I, I've, I've spoken to a few people about this and it always interests me. So you look at any other sport, they all have it, right? But for whatever reason, jiu-jitsu doesn't. And you might disagree with this. And that is an off-season. Yeah, yeah, no, jiu-jitsu doesn't really have off-seasons. Um, athletes just compete year-round, and that's terrible. You know, I, it's like you have to pick and choose. Like, and if you get an injury all of a sudden. Yeah, that's an off-season. It's like, and you should be taking off-seasons to not get injuries, um, like UFC fires and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'm like in off-season now because of an injury, and that's really taught me that. It's like, wow, I was just competing like all year long, and I competed from like, December to like, you know, until I got injured and I was just going hard and training and I was just like, 
I would take rest like after tournaments. I would take like two, three weeks off, like two weeks it's off. It's not off season. No. Off season's like three months, four yeah. months, like really letting your body heal and like building up what you tore down. Yeah. Like um, like physio, uh, like you know therapy, and like really building and like starting from like the basics of lifting again, building back up. Is in training camp you don't want to try anything new. You only want to do what is comfortable and what's giving you uh, results. Mm. And you know, a lot of times in training camps, you know, I'll go work out. So I'm like, hey, try this. I'm like, no, I'm gonna do what I'm doing. And I have a fight in a couple of weeks. I don't want to get injured. And I was just always doing that because I was always like, oh, I got another fight. I don't want to get injured. I got another fight. Yeah. But like really like right now, I'm like exploring so much and able to learn so much more because I'm not worried about a fight coming up. Yeah. And that's really taught me that that is an extremely important. And I believe athletes are getting a bit smarter of that. Like I talked to a lot of guys like my brother, Isaac and things. And they're like, oh man, after... After this grapple fest, I have, um, you know, uh, combat and then I'm just taking an off season for like three months and then I'm training for trials. And it's like, you know, I'm like, that's good. It's like what you should do. And some people mm. would be like, oh, that three months, oh, I could get like a who's number one fight on that or a fight to win fight or, you know, her fight in UK or Brazil. And it's like, you should be kind of resting in that period. Yeah. So, you know, this injury was much needed. Like it's not like career changing, but it's taught me a lot. It's taught me a lot of, um, you know, your body isn't Superman and you can't just keep building it, beating it up and building it up at the same time. Yeah. Like I was trying to do physical therapy in my training camp, like at the same time, like I was like, okay, today's physical therapy and I train tonight. And then I go get a sports massage tomorrow and then I lift weights. Yeah. And then it's like, it's like, it's like, it's so hard to manage all of that. And it's really just confusing your body and what your body's trying to yeah. do. Like, um, so yeah, this has taught me a lot, thankfully. I think it's something I'd probably, again, I, I'm the, I, my voice alone is not going to get this changed from IBJJF standards or IDCC in that sense of like having an off season because yeah. in the UK, especially at the moment, we've got a real big problem where there's a tournament, not a major level, but a local tournament happening every single weekend. Yeah, yeah. And so now the pools of people where, I don't know, people talk about 10 years ago, there'll be like one or two shows every two months, which everyone will go to, right? Yeah. And everyone will travel all the way to this one show in the UK type of thing on that day, yeah. so it will go and compete. Nowadays, if I, oh, nearly. <laughs> you missed, you're like missing the <laughs> If I go and find a local show, I'll have one person in my bracket. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm not paying 50 pounds here just to go fight and do once. It, fight once. And likewise, it'll be someone I'll probably know. When I could roll against someone that I have never rolled against at the gym. Just yeah. go to a different gym, cross-train. Exactly. You get the same thing. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I've been, I've got a bit of a terminology. Um, I've called myself a gym gypsy. Gym so gypsy, yeah. I just travel around all That's the good. time. Like, That's good. Thing. Um, but again, it's one of these things which I think where an off season would be better for everything and not for people like, I don't know, ADCC not do something and the IBJJF go, all oh, right, well, we'll put it in a competition. Series. Now that you're not doing something, we'll do something. Yeah, exactly. So, I think yeah. it should have an agreement to say, look, so if you look at any of the top level sports of NFL, NBA, NBA, NBA yeah. all type of thing, they all have an off season, but they also have substitutes. Yeah. Right? It's not yeah. as if you can tag team your brother and go like, yeah, you can take this one for me if that's all right. <laughs> yeah, know? no, for sure. Yeah, I it, agree. And it's just one of these things which- And that really will bring the sport to the level it will. that it needs to be. But it's one of these things, I think, where there's too many different governing bodies with different agendas that it's always going to be a bit of a yeah. struggle. Yeah, I mean, to be stuff. honest, like I was struggling with this disc injury all year, very lightly. And then probably if I would have taken an off season, it would have healed. And if I would have like, you know, like competed in like, uh, you know, that one guy that I competed against before, who's number one, or honestly, you know, after Combat Worlds, after I did Combat Worlds, if I would have just taken an off season from Combat Worlds, which was in March, I could have taken May, could have taken June, could have taken J July off, and then started training at the end of July, and then trained, and, you know, July, August, and then came back for October, then fought PJ in that, in that tournament. Yeah. But my back was so beat up, and I was just trained through it, and then it just slipped mid-match, you know? And I was just like, I'm, I'm done, I can't continue and fight Mika. And that was so sad, you know? And it's things like that that really stunted my career because if I could have gone on and fought Mika, like it would have been so much more beneficial than fighting who's number one, um, you know, before PJ and then like, uh, I forget the other tournament that I did and then like, done those two tournaments. Yeah. Those didn't do much for my career. They did, oh, look at Andrew's being consistent and he's like winning consistently. But it's like, you know, it, I really, you know, I don't want to have to drop out because I'm injured. No. Um, so yeah. 
<laughs> I got flashbacks to obviously to that little um, that tournament you had obviously on Who's and what. Yeah. And I watched it the following morning because obviously it was different times yeah, yeah, so yeah, for yeah. us. And I'm there going through. Staying off at Instagram, not trying yeah, to see. Not trying to see. I was going through the matches. I was like, where's he gone? Like, what's happened to Andrew? Like, what? Yeah, and it, everyone. It, it, I got like hundreds of messages, and they were just like, some people were really negative, and some people were really cool. What? Yeah, some people didn't believe I was injured. Like, what? yeah. I mean, there's always people like that, you know. But they were like, they were like. Oh, you scared of Mika? You don't want to fight Mika? You're injured. And they're like, you're not really injured. You just took the win from PJ and then said bye. And I was like, I was like, man, I was like, you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> but no. And then some people are like, oh man, yeah, that really sucks. You know, I hope you get better. We want to see you fight Mika, so heal up and come back. And you know. Mika was so cool, man. Yeah. Like I was backstage after fighting PJ in absolute scraps. I was seeing kind of stars and I was like walking back and I was like, oh man. So what basically happened is I bulged my disc. My disc has degeneration and yeah. like a little bit, the, 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 the levels are still even, but it has degeneration. So it's just sagging, not like shifting, which okay. is good. Um, and then I have like ever so slightly, they're called, they're, they're called like, uh, I forget exactly what they're called, but they're just like super small hairline fractures in my spine, which are, my doctor was like, you don't have to be concerned about that. Those will heal. Um, it's just the disc. You don't want to be fighting crooked. Um, and so, you know, and so I, I was walking back and I felt like my spine, like moving, like, you know, you have an unstable knee, like yeah, my spine, my God. spine kind of felt unstable and it was like locking up on me. And oh. I was just like, oh, I just. I'm tired, I'm gonna throw up. And I had a meal prep before, and so I kind of was throwing that. It was like oh, four hours before too. Gosh. And I know that you're not, but you know, it takes like six hours to digest, yeah, digest. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but I was so hungry. I kind of messed up when to eat, because I slept in. And I like woke up and I was like, shoot, I gotta eat. And so I ate, <laughs> and then, um, because they have us fighting at like, you know, eight o'clock. So I, you know, you wanna stay up really late and then sleep in until about like noon, mm. you know, so you don't wake up at 9 a.m. and then you're tired when you're yeah. fighting. So I woke up at noon, and then I like got ready and I wasn't paying attention. I was like, oh shoot, it's like three o'clock, I gotta go eat. And so then I kind of threw up after the match and my back was out and I was like throwing up while my back was oh, out. No. And, then, and so it like slipped out even more because you know how you like engage your core when you throw up. And so I like laid down, I was just like, I'm in terrible shape right now. And then my professor was like, Andrew, come on, get your head focused. We gotta fight Mika. And I was like, he's like, you're on in like 15 minutes. And I was like, okay. So I stood up and I like instantly fell back down. I was like, I can't stand. He's wow. like, he's like, lay on your back. And then we had a the who's number one massage artist and my brother's girlfriend she's a muscle mechanic as well yeah and they were like loosening up my muscles and i was like i don't feel like i need to loosen up i feel like i need to tighten up and i was like i was like i was like uh and so they like loosened me up and it made it worse really so i'm hyper flexible yeah and so i can't do yoga because if i do yoga i go and lift and i hurt myself really yeah or if i do yoga i go and train i hurt myself wow. like i can't stretch before practice i have to stretch after practice and that's so, interesting. Yeah, like I can put my feet behind my head, I can do the splits. The only thing on me that's relatively tight is my shoulders. Um, except like my spine, my hips and everything is loose. So I was like backstage and I was like, just like, I can't fight. I was like, I'm in such bad shape. I was like, I don't want to go against the number one, number two guy in the world and it's, it's in, in bad shape. It's interesting you say this because you, if you look back at your history, right, of yeah. like the fights that you've had, You've had cuts, you've had knocks, you've got those. I, it's the one where you've got, um, Mo gave you the cash, I think it was. Yeah. You got the, and you got yeah. your lip bleeding. So and, stuff. Up, yeah. uh, and you're just like, yeah, let's fucking go type thing. Yeah, I felt good though. Like my body felt good. And then it's just like, you then hear that backstory. Because obviously from a viewer's point of view of watching they that. They would have thought I still would have gone out there. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh yeah. You oh, I was it. wanting to still go out there. Yeah. Like, but my professor physically told me no. He was like, no, I'm not laying you. He was like, come on, Andrew, stand up. And I was like, Ugh. I was like, okay, I gotta get warmed up. I was like, <laughs> I was like holding my breath. I was like. I feel kind of warm, so I'm just gonna sit here. And I was like, I was like, I was like, all right, I'm good. And then I like, I was in my mind, I was like, man, I should not fight. I was like, but I'm going to. And then my, I stood on my fist, like, you're done, you're done. And he went and told him. I was like, no. And I so I start crying, like all sad. You know, as I trained super hard for it, you know, like super hard. And so I wanted to fight Mika. Mika beat me two years ago. Really? And so yeah, so I was like, man, I was like, you know, I trained Ready so hard. Yeah. I just beat PG. I feel really good. I can, you know, I can do this. I can have a good showing. But I didn't, obviously, if I would have went out there, he would have made my spine worse and beat me. So it would have not been <laughs> He would have made spine. you look like a horror god. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. In a horrible yeah. way. Yeah. But. So I was, like, <laughs> I was like on the ground and Mika came up to me. I was like, hey, man, I can't fight. You know, his first words were, he's like, I wouldn't want to fight you at your worst. He's like, I want to fight you at your oh, best. Warrior. Right? You know, <laughs> most people would have been like, let me take the free win. But he's like, no, Andrew, I don't want you fighting. I would want to fight you at your best. He said, you heal up, do what you need to do to get better. That's he said, a... and we'll have a match in the future. He said, focus on yourself. That's... And I was just like, 
I love you. <laughs> like such a cool guy. Same, and I felt bad. I went over to PJ and he was still seeing stars too. And I was like, hey man, you got to take my place. I was like, I'm, I'm physically can't fight. And he was like, really? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. So he wasn't in it. You know, his mind wasn't there. Yeah. It's interesting. What a power, again, bit of a power move as well because he wouldn't want to fight you and for you to then potentially do the whole, I was injured. I was not yeah, the greatest player. Exactly. Type thing. Exactly. So it worked both well, but it reminds me that that little moment of like, um, what is it? Obviously, what a warrior in the sense of like, did you see um, Jury Bahaska versus Alex Pereira over yes. the weekend? Yeah, the yeah. Stare. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like even Joe Rogan saying it's the most scariest guest. Yeah, it was. Man. It was just intimidating. Yeah. So, oh man, that'll be interesting. I can't wait for obviously that to come back around again. Yeah, I'm sure Mika and I will fight. Like, uh, I mean, he he uh, ADCCs are in August. So I'll, we'll probably fight before ADCCs, um, you know, probably in like, like May yeah. timeline because I have trials in March and that's going to be my first tournament back, um, if, you know, if all goes well. Yeah. Um, because it's, you know, November, I'm going to be resting the rest of November, um, phys physio hard, you know, I'm feeling really good actually now. Like I'm able to like flow roll with kids nice. and like working my way back into it. Um, and then, you know, December will come, I'll probably start flow rolling with adults and building up more. And if I feel not ready, then I'm off, you know, I don't want to set my career at all, but it's March. So I have this, no, the rest of November, December, January, February, March, and it's yeah. at the end of March. So I have loads of time. Um, so that will probably be my first tourney back. And then depending on how I do in trials, which I'm in it to win it. So if I'm not feeling great, then I'm not doing it because I don't want to, you know, stunt my career by not doing good. Um, so I'm going out to trials. If I feel great, I'm winning it. And if I don't win, then I'll go back to scoring board, get improve. And then I'll probably do like a, who's number one, you know, you know, d uh, Brazilian nationals, something like that. And then I'll probably have a match with Mika yeah. around there. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, question for you then is the, we definitely have a stigma in the UK a little bit. I'm not saying I'm counting to everyone. There's some people who are. I don't know, part of the IBJJF fan club and like, that's all I want to do. I just want to compete in IBJJF yeah. and that's all they want to do. And it's nothing to discredit them, but- I do anything. Huh? Anything, I do anything. Yeah. Anything and, that's best for Andrew, you know? And it's just interesting the fact that there seems to be not very, unless you get, I've always said this, right? If you hit the flying submission, right? You'll get on the IBJJF social media page. For sure, for sure, right? yeah. But outside of them, you paying the money, right? There's not much more that's reciprocated, whereas I feel that, hey, if you do a good performance at ADCC, right, or anything like that, or any other sort of sub-only competitions, yeah. they're, they're going to elevate you yeah, in yeah, some they sort are. of way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And there definitely seems to be a shift now, especially with limitations within rule sets. So, uh, again, some people close to me that are being promoted, I'm not saying intentionally from purple to brown belt, to be able to allow them to be able to demonstrate, demonstrate their, their full jiu-jitsu. They're landing in positions where because of the leg legalities of IBJJF rule set of purple, yeah. they yeah. can't do hill hooks all of a sudden yeah. or knee bars. And they're going, yeah. well, this is unfair because my ability is way much more further than this yes. type of thing. Yeah. So it seems to be a shift towards more sub-only competitions, more ADCC rule set, yeah, yeah. more that and away from IBJJF type yeah. of thing. Is that the kind of stigma that's in the, in the, in the Americas as well? Yeah, the yeah, for sure. just a, yeah, yeah. yeah. America, I mean, people push for worlds and stuff, but it's going away for sure. I mean, they- It's not as prestigious, I think, is basically what I'm trying to say yeah. in the short. It just doesn't yeah. seem to be as- Yeah, yeah I mean, I, nothing, nothing, you know, I love IBJJF as I grew fought since I was like five, like, sure. uh, like eight in it. Um, or no, sorry. No, I fought in it since I was like 12 mm. um, because I was doing like kids' pans. So it, I love it because it brought me up. And it gave me experience, but apart from, you know, if you're flying triangle people past their guards, or if you're winning absolute and stuff, like there's not much exposure to it at all. Um, so, you know, apart from getting the experience, I don't believe there's much, you know, things, you know, you don't get really paid at all. You pay, so. you pay for the privilege. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think if you're in it to do it as a career and if you're in it to make money, um, I would say, you know, independent businesses like Grapple, um, Paul Aris, you know, who's number one, uh, uh, you know, other promotions like, uh, you know, uh, what's the place in, um, uh, 
quintet and stuff yep. like that, like places that, you know, that you can, you know, people are excited for because it only happens like, you know, a couple times a year, not where there's a tournament every single weekend. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I believe that's where it's at, yeah. in my opinion. It's interesting. Do you think there's a bit more of a bias towards the no geese scene than the geese scene as well? I mean, it's honestly just whatever brings up the most entertainment, the pay. Like if the pay was greater in gi, um, then I would do the gi. If the, the so. greater is pay, the pay is greater in the nogi, so I do the nogi. Um, so not really biased of any of them. I mean, I'm better in the nogi because I train it more. Um, I mean, if the pay was greater in the gi, I'd train gi more and I'd be better in the gi. Go where so the money is. That's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty much how it is for me. Not biased of any. Just I compete in the gi more. I compete in the nogi more, so I watch the nogi more. Yeah. Um, I train the nogi more, so biased over nogi. But I still love the gi. But I just don't train and compete in it as much. Nice. No, that's fair enough. Uh, right, dude, I think we've been chatting for a good hour. Yeah, man, time already. flies with good does. company, man. <laughs> Thank you, dude, appreciate it. We have a few questions that we kind of do, which is a staple for, uh, for this. So um, I can't, uh, I'll have to get you to ask a question for one of our next guests. So we get the previous guests to okay. ask a question for that one. But the question that was given for the next guest that we got is UK based, so you won't know, you won't understand the joke behind it, which is, uh, well, I'll let out, but it was, what would be your Tesco meal deal? If you had a, do you know what a meal oh, deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do know what a meal deal is? Yeah, yeah, like what would you get at Tesco? Yeah, so they have a special uh, like selection of foods, it would be like a packet of crisps for a sandwich and a yeah, drink. Yeah, like, yeah. What would be your meal deal selection? Yeah, yeah, my, my meal deal that I've been getting at Tesco is I freaking love Tesco. It's like America MTV. <laughs> oh, I love um, this. And I love that they come in different shapes and sizes. There's like a little small gas station one, there's a big yeah. one. Um, so what I've been getting at Tesco is I've been getting the curry and chicken uh, yeah. microwave meal preps. Um, and then I've been getting the uh, protein bars and then the meal shake. Oh and, I just, and I just eat those all together. Yeah. And then, yeah, I get like 30 of those. And yeah, that's what I've been doing. Nice, mate. I love that. Well, I'll get your secret question for the next guest, which will be Chris Thompson. So you get to, oh, you, you, you can think about exactly where it's going to be. But that's it. Now you can do that after. Sounds good. The next one we got is a staple one. And I really like this personally. And it doesn't have to be jujitsu related. It can be life related as well. <clears throat> okay. And which failure do you cherish the most? One final sponsor shout out to the team at Inner Chimp. Inner Chimp is a brand name that really speaks to grapplers and fighters, one we can believe and relate to on a personal level. Inner Chimp is simply catchy, right? And with small tweaks can be your general gym wear and casual wear and rash guards like this for men, women, and children. Inner Chimp is ethically produced and has turned down cheaper production overseas to ensure this understanding that we only have one earth right which we need to look after this is at the forefront of their production decisions and we want you our listeners and viewers to have a sense of accomplishment in knowing that you are doing your part when buying their products inner chimp tees are 100 organic cotton their packaging 80 percent recycled cardboard and all of their products are designed to last their production and manufacturing is in the uk trying and aiming to be as eco-friendly as possible, leaving close to zero global footprint. But to put it simply, Innerchimp has a massive passion for the sport, attention to detail, and our planet in mind, and always at the forefront of your own Innerchimp. Go check out their website, www.inner-chimp.co.uk, or go check out their Instagram, at inner underscore chimp. Thank you for your time. Which failure? Um, wow, that's a good one. I freaking love that. Um, I'm going to do it in life because jiu-jitsu in life, they correspond so much um, is, as far as mine. Hobbyist, not so much, but jiu-jitsu is my life. Um, which failure do I cherish the most and that I've grown most from? I would say pride, um, like letting pride be my downfall, um, being cocky and thinking I know it all. Um, I cherish that the most and um, I was very prideful back when I was like, um, 16, 17, no one could tell me nothing. I mean, I, you know, we all are kind of prideful still, but, um, but I, 16, 17, I went through a big stage where um, I was just like partying and I was just like wrecking my car all the time, like crashing because I was like not in the right mindset and I just was messing up my life a lot. And I, no one could, every, I knew I was messing up my life. Everyone knows they're messing up their life, but they're too prideful to admit it to themselves and they're too prideful to listen to others. And I cherish that the most. Um, my dad sitting me down and basically saying, like, I'm disappointed in you. Um, you, you, you you're, you're called to greater heights. And I raised you up to be 10 times of the person you are right now. And I'm telling you this because I love you and I want to see the best things for you. Not because it will help me out, but because it will help you out. And I cherish that the most because it just, like, changed my mindset. And I was like, my dad's disappointed in me. 
I was like, dang, I was like, that hurt. And, you know, and that really like flipped the switch where I was like, dang, okay, I got to start, you know, wanting to be better. And the only way I can be better is if I listen to people. Mm. And the only way I can listen to people is if I humble myself before them and ex take in what they have to offer. And so that's what I cherish the most is giving up pride. And, you know, it's a big one. That's an awesome response, man. I think that will, that, will, that will hit the note of a lot of people. And I think it will be interesting, especially as <clears throat> I think as jujitsu is evolving and that we have new people coming up through as being sort of leaders and people to look up to, like yourself. There's going to be people who would have been uh, similar age you are now and gone through the same sort of thing at 15 or 16 and stuff like that and kind of think, oh, what, what's, what, what would I have done or what would yeah. Andrew done in that position? Yeah. And to hear that, I think, is a yeah. very, uh, again, fair enough, but opening up about that. Yeah, I have a lot of kids that message me um, on Instagram and they come across very prideful. And I'm like, man, I don't want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. But I have kids that come across like super humble and super approachable and I want to help them out instantly. Yeah. You know, so I just think the best way to be helped out is approach people with humility. Yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, final question uh, for you, mate, which is once it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered? Yeah, how do I, I want to be remembered as, um, you know, obviously different than my brothers. I don't want to be the same person as them, but I freaking love my brothers. But I want to be remembered as the person that believed in something and stand for what he believed in. Um, and that wasn't shaken by social media, wasn't shaken by the chaos of the world, and wasn't shaken and had peace with everything that he did. Um, just a very stand strong person in jiu-jitsu and in, 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 in his beliefs. Nice. Okay. Um, any shout-outs to sponsors or anything? Yeah, like shout-outs to the old black man. They helped me out so much. They, uh, they, they elevate me so much. They help me out. He's a really cool guy. If you guys don't know his name, his name is Clay. He lives out of California. He freaking helps me so much. Um, shout out to Fight Factory. My professor, Brukutu, his name is Hadju Kambrao. Brukutu stands for caveman because he's like a caveman. Um, <laughs> yeah, he helps me out so much. He gives me so much advice. He has knowledge in so many different areas and he just shares them with me. And, you know, all of that, you know, it's so good. Nice, man. Uh, any questions for me while I'm here or anything like that at all or are you all good? Um, where do you plan on taking uh, your, your next steps in this podcast and in the sport? What's your future cool. look like? What's my future look like? What do I want to do with this podcast? I want this podcast to be known for bringing out this deep, dark conversations that people don't think should be talked about. Yeah. I think <clears throat> the weight cutting... The sensitiveness that people yeah, don't like to... Yeah, I think the weight cutting side of things has always been kept as a bit of a deep, dark secret that it shouldn't be talked about and no one knows and shouldn't be... I think it needs to be openly more talked about, how to do yeah. things safely. Likewise with steroid usage within the sport, I think it's like, the best way I can describe it is like a safe sex talk, right? It's the idea that it's going to happen, yeah? Yeah. We need to make sure that we are- Doing it properly. Doing it properly, and we're not encouraging, like people just to simply just do it for the sake of it. And just going overboard. Exactly. <laughs> and so, where I have experience in other industries and other fields previously, and I've seen the life cycle of what's gone on with it, I'm like, okay, I don't want this to happen again to another sport, which I love dearly. Yeah, and So, I think it's the case of, being able to help as many people as possible, protect people as much as possible. And that's not to protect them in the sense that we're keeping them away from things. Yeah. I just want to protect them. Give them the knowledge, knowledge so that they can make the decision if they want to do it or exactly. not. Because I think a lot of people do stuff is they're blinded and they think it's right. Yeah, and I think there's people within the sport that are at the top of the industry. And I don't know if it's a facade or whatever, but I think they just don't understand their worth can impact so many people quite easily. That's and I good. think to the point of, even on a more local scene, not even on a big like social media platform or anything like that, that the person at the top of the tree, the instructor, their actions will be viewed by everyone else in the club yeah. and it will impact them in a certain way. Yeah. And I think we need to be more aware of it. And I yeah. think we just need to make That's sure good. that, hey, we're on the same level. So That's good. Passion. Yeah. If someone has passion in what they <laughs> say, People listen. Yeah, and that's what I want to try to get across. And I think by speaking to you guys, hearing those conversations come up, saying that, hey, I went up in, in weight and thinking about I was fighting my bulking weight and it was a bit of an error type of thing. Yeah. But also, I actually went to a nutritionist to get a meal plan or, an, or a dieting procedure to get me on weight and not be yeah. doing 12 pounds on the week of yeah. a fight type thing. Yeah, and I think it's more so for girls. You know, yes. Girls have a hard time cutting weights. Yeah, I, feel, I feel sorry for girl athletes, man. Yeah. So much. Because we have a bunch of girl athletes that are at a high level and they just don't have the same opportunity and yep. they just have a harder time doing everything. Yep. Cutting weight, gaining muscle and not yep. fat 
and being healthy because their bodies don't respond to injuries the same as, as male bodies. So yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for girl athletes, but the ones that do it, mad respect, you know? It's hard, especially for females. And I think, again, it's just trying to get, because jujitsu is evolving at a very fast rate, I just want to make sure the support from every aspect, be that SNC, be that training, be that nutrition, yeah. is all of the best standard. And it's not going to be set back apart for sure. because of, poor misinformation for basically. sure so. for sure i mean i think you can be the best if you just are training the best and eating the best you don't even have to be um blessed naturally you can just be doing everything right and not even be the most technical and still win yeah exactly especially in jiu-jitsu right now once <laughs> jiu-jitsu reaches that level where everything's they're all doing everything the best then then you have to be technical. Well, this is, sorry, we're going to be time we were going to wrap this up. It's an interesting topic, right? Being in Liverpool, right? Yeah. Obviously everyone knows about Paddy the Baddy, yeah. right? And it's the interesting thing that when you look at the top level of the UFC guys, right, and MMA guys, that they know how to weight cut safely now. They've yeah. got loads of really good, reputable people around them, yeah. okay? And they all train really well to a high standard. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, well, what's it like post-fight now? Yeah. And that's where people are starting to hone in on saying like, and you've got people like, let's say Michael Chandler. Yeah. I'll take a week off back into it now. And their diet's back on point straight away. Yeah. Their training's back on point. Their diet and their training isn't the case of like, I'm waiting for the next fight. Yeah. They're learning to get their health and recovery yeah. up to the optimal level and not let it just sit there for three or four months getting really overweight. Unfortunately, like Paddy, as he does, so obviously he enjoys it. He enjoys it and he yeah. owns it, which is fine. Yeah. But it then puts them in a better circumstance that next time round for the weight cut to happen more yeah. easily. I just don't like being fat personally. And I don't like <laughs> being unhealthy. So my, my diet for off training camp is basically the same as training camp, That's except good. for being very, you know, being, yeah, particular. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. But like right. I'll have a donut here and there or I'll have some yogurt, not pay attention what's in it. You know, like the, the sugar and all that, yeah. but I'll still eat clean food. Oh, do you know, I just thought of some actually good questions actually just come up in my head. I normally ask, sorry, man, I'm going to ask these now. What's up, what's up? So you get your hand raised and obviously you've got your win at whatever what? match that could be. Could be on WNO, could exactly be on Grapple right. Fest, anything like this. What is the post-competition meal? Pizza. Yeah? It's always pizza. Always pizza? Yeah, always pizza. What's but the toppings? It's, it's easiest to find is pizza. And right after a tournament, I just want to eat immediately and everything. <laughs> and just like, it's after a tournament, usually if you're tired, you know, you're, you're like, yeah. oh. And then you have that adrenaline dump. <laughs> so I just want to go someplace quick, quiet, and eat a lot with my team who I love. So it's always pizza joints, you know, pizza joints are everywhere. So it's just like- What's the, what's the, what's the pizza order though? What is it? Um, so I might, I'm very picky eater, but I've changed recently. So I prefer like a margarita pizza okay. with like peppers. Mar so, and then I, nice. I love to get, you know, the, I forget the cheese that they have on it. I think it's a- Mozzarella? Yes, yeah, the one that, no, no, it's the one that expands and gets really, you know, they're like circles of cheese oh. um it's like provolone not provolone um it's uh something yeah I mean, that cheese I, I get extra of that <laughs> and then i add bacon to the margarita so the margarita with like peppers extra cheese that expands and bacon nice. that's my go-to yeah cool what's a unpopular jiu-jitsu opinion that you have an unpopular jiu-jitsu opinion on like what Anything? Just anything. I can give you a brother's response. I asked him this time he was laughing in Grapple Fest. Can we tell you what he said? Or yeah, what did he say? You don't have to train at the best gym in the world to be the best athlete. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Um, that, that's a super unpopular. Wow, that was a good response. <laughs> um, I would say mine is um, you have to be the best outside of the gym and inside of the gym if you really want to enjoy the sport you say too. Like, you know, it's hard if you're like, being the best in the gym and then if you're just a douchebag out of the gym and not just like a mean person but douchebag just every do everything wrong mm. you're never going to fully enjoy the rewards of jiu-jitsu but like being good in and out of the gym it's just like you're, it's all the good that jiu-jitsu brings you just enjoy it so much more fair i like that one right well we'll wrap it up there thank William you gave so a better much. response though man <laughs> you don't have to be the best at, and to train at the best gym so true it's true. Like I said, he gave it off the bat as well as if he had it pre-rehearsed. Yeah, pre William, William definitely believes in that. Yeah. It's yeah. That. Guys, let's be honest, like you are bringing up some fucking awesome names out of the gym every day. So you can't really dismiss that in the slightest bit. Do you know what I mean? So I can't wait to see you guys next compete and stuff. And obviously I've got your brothers tomorrow, which is good. So yeah. Let's go. Thank you so much. Yeah. Have a good one, guys.